Welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Olin, and I'm joined, um, like usual, by my co-host Cody Schultz. And we have a huge Riverdale rumor that's going to crush the hearts of some bughead shippers. Then we've got a bunch of Netflix news um, to discuss. And then um, we're going to talk about what's going to be probably the biggest Netflix movie of all time. You know it as To All the Boys 3. It's actually called To All the Boys Always and Forever. But first, Cody, hit me with this massive Riverdale rumor. Yeah, so I feel like we should preface this with like apologies to bughead shippers ahead of time because this news <laughs> does not bode well for like their future if it comes to true. So basically last year, the Vampire Diaries actress Nina Dobrev started popping up in pictures with the Riverdale cast. Like they were all geotagging them in Vancouver and it sparked a lot of speculation when now there's rumor from Seventeen that Dobrev has been cast as Jughead's girlfriend like when they do the time jump. And so there's Uh not much known other than that she's described as a train wrecky hipster. And that's like the most Jughead, like, I just can imagine (laughs) like that pairing there, like pairing Jughead with a a train wrecky hipster. And so that's like the buzzy rumor is that everyone's thinking when they come back and they're seven years ahead, she's going to be his new girlfriend. I'm I'm kind of speechless, honestly. Like this is a perfect casting decision, I think. And it's just going to be like fireworks for the next, hopefully she sticks around, um, you know, for the whole season. And it's not like they just like kill her off in the first episode as like a guest star or something. Like, I hope that this one is really true. Of all the rumors that we've talked about, this is one that I'm very excited about. Yeah, and I feel like what could help this rumor, like give it a little bit of strength is the CW loves to use actors that they've worked with before. Like we've seen it all the time. Like Katie Cassidy went from Supernatural to, to Arrow. They love to work with the same people. And since she was so loved as the Vampire Diaries lead, like, I feel like it would be a perfect crossover for them between Riverdale and Vampire Diaries. Like, I feel like the audience is somewhat similar there. And she definitely would be a big addition to the cast if it does turn out to be true. For sure. And like, I think that like with the CW, I always wonder like if they're like, if you like this show and then we put this actor like as a plant in this other show, like, is that going to bring the audience? And I feel like there's so many people like the Vampire Diaries is like one of the biggest shows on Netflix and has been since it ended, basically. and so. I wonder if like there's people that aren't watching Riverdale. Now they're going to like tap into that whole like Vampire Diaries fan base. And that could be like, I don't know. Riverdale does okay with the ratings and stuff. And then it's like massive afterwards. But it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting if that's how it works. Um, maybe a ratings bump for later this season. I guess for one question, do we know when she's coming is it like first episode? Did they say anything like that in the article? I didn't read it. So there doesn't even seem to be any like rumor about the timing of it. Right. Okay. But I feel like since the time jump's coming in episode four, I, it's going to be interesting to see how much they try to unload in one episode, like jumping ahead seven years. Like they're going to have so many puzzle pieces. I can see it being like maybe alluded to that Jughead and Betty aren't a thing anymore. If this is in fact true and kind of like mention the character and then do like a reveal, maybe at like an end of an episode. It'll be interesting to see, like, if it was planned, because, of course, season four ended early. And so, like, the, the episodes got all messed up because of the pandemic filming and all that. So it's like, maybe that was their their plan, like, right. have a big guest reveal for the premiere. And now it's like, oh, it's episode four. So it's not quite as big. But it, it'll be interesting to see if it, I, I hope it is true. Like, I, I a bughead shipper, maybe that'll just add, like, a fun element. But, like, <laughs> I, I love the casting if it's true. Does it open the door for Betty and Archie? That's the big question. Oh God, we just like, we're going to go off the deep end. Like, I know we need to stay on track here. I'm like, 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's definitely a sign in like the right direction for those shippers, because if Jughead's with someone new, that obviously opens the door for Betty to, you know, shoot her shot with Archie, if that's what she wanted to do. I, I agree. But like you said, before we go off the deep end, we've got some other big Netflix news. Um, the Golden Globes and the Screen Actors Guild Awards nominees were just announced and Netflix dominated both nominee lists uh, with 44 Golden Globe nominees. And then um, 30 SAG Awards with like The Crown, Mank, The Trial of Chicago 7, Ozark, To Five Bloods, Bridgerton. The, like, pretty much everyone is represented. And it looks like it's going to be a huge award season for Netflix. Yeah, we kind of predicted this a little bit last week when we when we talked about the Golden mm-hmm. Globes and all that. And it's so interesting to see how the SAG Awards almost right at the wrongs of the Golden Globes. Like right. There were a lot of like Bridgerton, Dead to Me. Both of those were overlooked by the Golden Globes yet managed to pick up nominations in some big categories at the, the Screen Actor Goat Awards. And so it's kind of like the audience there for the who the voting was. It's almost like, you know, the the eligibility period was close to being the same and they voted around the same time. But it's almost like it was like a quick correction, like they got snubbed by the Golden Globes. But hey, we're showing them the well and loved because Bridgerton to me was probably favorite. And then there was nothing from the Golden Globes. And then, of course, they got a few nominations for the SAG Awards. And I think The Crown. What did you think of that? I was surprised it got quite as many. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be because it always seems like an award darling, <laughs> but I was kind of surprised it got quite as many as it did this year. I know. The Crown is like, it's, the performances are really good. And like, I don't, but it like, it just seems like really repetitive. Like, I think this is the fourth season of, or, or I mean, this was the fourth season, but then every year, like, I think that they've won the Golden Globe for like uh, leading actress, at least two out of the three years. I think all three for the like you know the uh, past award shows so it's just like it seems repetitive i get why that they're nominated but yeah i don't know i kind of agree with you there though it's sort of it's surprising but then it's like also not surprising at all that this is like the direction that it goes every year yeah and it was definitely i think i don't know if it was history made but i thought it was so interesting that like netflix swept the best drama like actress category for the saga yeah. it was either there were three nominations for the crown and then two for ozark and like there's no one else in the race. So it's like they're guaranteed to win in that category. It's just going to be, is it someone from The Crown or Ozark? Probably The Crown, I'm going to guess. But I could see Ozark too. <laughs> I'm like waiting for the headlines because we've got Diana's actress and then we've got the Queen's actress. Like I just oh, imagine yeah. there's going to be some fun there pitting Diana and Elizabeth against each other. The Clash. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's going to be it's going to be glorious. Also, in more glorious news, you've got some news about the CW shows um, on Netflix, right? Yeah, so the the CW is like the reigning king for handing out early renewals, and they surprised everyone in picking up a ton of shows for new seasons. They renewed The Flash, Riverdale, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, All-American, Charmed, Legacies, In the Dark, Roswell, New Mexico, Batwoman, Nancy Drew, and Dynasty, which is just like such a wide scope of shows. Like, you, (laughs) you know, like the hit shows are going to be renewed. Like it seemed obvious Riverdale and flash would probably get extra seasons, but some of these like under the radar gems like dynasty. And I think I also forgot like Walker also got renewed. It's kind of interesting seeing seeing some of these like early renewals, but I feel like that makes it easier to like want to watch the shows because you know, there's like, Oh, I can dive into this and it's not getting canceled. Yeah. That's like the thing. Like there's so many people that like, no one wants to invest their time. Well, I say no one. A lot of people don't want to invest their time in some Netflix shows that are like early in their run because they are so afraid that it's going to get canceled without a conclusion. The CW is like the opposite of that. Like they really go all out with like 
keeping stuff that's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like the flash will probably, who knows if that's going to be the final season or if they'll be like back for like season nine and 10 Riverdale season six. I think everyone knew that it was coming, like you mentioned, but like, it's still good to like have it down. It's happening. Like we don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, is there one that you're particularly excited about other than like the main ones that you just mentioned? It's it's funny. I one of my Netflix binges during like the quarantine has been a lot of the CW shows just because I know either I'm going to get like a finite story because they have an ending or I can catch up with them. And I was kind of happily surprised that Dynasty got renewed. Right. Um, I mm-hmm. always kind of made fun of that one. And like its ratings were off. And I'm like, how is this show keep, you know, how does it get new seasons when all these other shows are getting canceled on these other networks? Then I started watching it on Netflix and I'm like obsessed with the show. Like it's writing is so fun. It's I love the lead character. Like uh, it's just such a great show. And I was really excited about that one. How about you? I think in the dark, which I, I binge watched in the dark um, on Netflix a while ago. And I just like really, really like this show. It's like, I don't know what it is about it, but I was stoked to see that it's coming back for season four because I was a little worried, like, you know, with everything going on, who knows what's going to happen with like, tv film production how expensive it is etc etc but like in the dark coming back because it's not it hasn't premiered yet so we'll get season three later this year and then it's already on the books for season four next year like it's just perfect it's good i was gonna say this is as good as time to talk about our our next exciting pick to tell the to all the boys yeah so to all the boys three aka to all the boys always and forever is coming to netflix on friday february 12th just in time for valentine's day it's based on the third book of Jenny Han's To All the Boys trilogy. You've seen the first two movies on Netflix, most likely. If you haven't, you should check them out because they're actually really good. But so let's let's just jump in. Where did To All the Boys 2 leave off? So I know it kind of left. I feel like the second movie in these kind of like romantic trio movies, like always is like, let's throw the wrench. Like they got their happy ending almost in like the first, yeah. the first movie. We need to throw in like the curveball, like to test the relationship. And so the second movie, of course, brought in uh, John Ambrose and kind of did that storyline of will she pick him? Will she pick Peter? And then of course, spoiler alert, her and you know Peter end up at the end of the movie together and kind of sets up into they're heading into their senior year. And I think that's kind of where we set up for like the third movie is they're actually like they're finally a couple. I feel like they reached that yes. point and now like I feel like this will be like the first movie we actually see them as a couple throughout the movie instead of like first movies kind of like the courting stage seconds at like curveball and then like this is actually like okay these are they're a couple now they're facing like real couple go- like issues and struggles yeah like are they gonna make it we've seen like this play out like in a lot of movies and shows in the past but like i don't know there's something just like for me like knowing that that's like where it's gonna go it's like almost comforting like i know what to expect going in um i have read the books but like it's they're different so i think that there's a lot to be excited about with the third movie do we know if Jordan Fisher is going to be back, though? I know that he was a fan favorite from the sequel, and um, I haven't heard anything. Have you found any information? So I think the most telling thing was when Netflix released, like, the cast for the movie, they didn't include his name in, like, the highlights. So right. to me, unless if they're, like, holding off a surprise, I don't think he's going to be involved. Like, I think the, the focus there is they wrap that storyline up, even though it felt like they could have done more and kind of made him almost an antagonist in the third movie of like adding <laughs> yeah. that element of who's, you know, who's she going to choose? Yeah. I think that that's probably true. I think it almost is like, like, I, I know why shows do it. Like I know similarly, like the kissing booth has like a similar storyline going on 
um, in that sequel. But like for this, like they kind of closed that chapter. It came down to the wire, like it was close. And then like, you don't want that, like there's so much other conflict to get into. Like you don't want that like looming in like the back of viewers mind. You just want to like flip the page closed, like go on to the next thing. And I think that's what they're going to do in the third movie. I would love to see him back though. I think that that would be really cool for fans. Cause I think that he's such, like I said, a fan favorite, even if it's just like him, like showing up at the very end and being like, hello, <laughs> like that would be enough. I think to get people excited, at least. <laughs> it just makes you wonder, like his character was so loved by fans. Like, is this the movie, you know, they decide to launch a franchise on maybe we get like a John Ambrose, like secondary story. I don't know if there's any like books. I know certain authors love to like break other characters. Like, but I feel like that'd be a really fun angle for Netflix to take of like, hey, let's do something completely new and focus on like this character. And where does he go after this storyline? That would be so awesome to see like, you know, because I think at the end of the last movie, she basically just like ditches him, right? Like, and then we don't see him again. And then she goes on with Peter. Like, it, what if he was like watching them re- like reconcile and then like, then just has to go like, on his merry way to do whatever that would be like yeah to all the boys spin off about jordan fisher's character i would be interested <laughs> yeah i think and i think it almost makes you wonder whether there's potential for like to all the boys to become its own like netflix show yeah maybe maybe there is more after like the happy ending of like certain shows like i get that like with the movie franchise you want that nice like bow tied up like okay i know and then you can kind of like leave certain doors open to you know your imagination but Netflix has never really done that with like a movie, right? Where they've taken a movie franchise and then spun it into a show. Like we've kind of seen with Disney plus Paul Mark, of course, loves to do it. They've got a couple of shows that yeah. started with movies and now are series. And I think that'd be an interesting thing. Like what would that look like? Yeah. I, I was just thinking about that. Like, I think that it would be like, give it a rest for like a couple of years and then do like a Riverdale. Like we're going to talk about Riverdale all the time, but do a Riverdale type time jump into the future and like who knows like how it's gonna end for Lara Jean and Peter like it could be you know they're either gonna break up or stay together so like one of the two but like pick up then a few years later maybe they're done with college you know if they've broken up maybe they'll get back together maybe they stay together and like it's not going well like I think that that would be really interesting to see like and just go full spin-off lean into like their adult lives and like I know that Netflix does like they did a book tie-in for the show Cursed with Tom Wheeler and Frank Miller. That would be really cool if they could get Ginny Han to write another book about it and do like do all the voice for the the sequel to the Netflix movies or whatever. Like it just go from there. What do you think that that would be interesting? Yeah, I think it'd be it's so it's not done often. Like it's so often like with with movies that you've got it ends and like especially with like rom-com genres in general like mm-hmm. they tie things up nicely and it's like well what's next like after that like like there's more to like the stories like it one thing that drove me nuts is freeform used to whenever they put like couples together like there was melissa and joey that show and like once they put the two yeah. couples together they ended it and it was like well there's not any story now that they're together and it's like there's plenty of stories like once <laughs> the first, like once people get together that's not the end like there's that's where it begins <laughs> No, I agree. I think that, you know, we're going to see how it pays off with like Riverdale going to like adulthood. But like there's so much untapped material there when you go from like high school is like high school. And then like we get we see the same things in like all the shows and movies, basically. And so like when you jump to adulthood, like it's like a whole new world and there's like anything is possible. So I think that like if they did something like that, it could work out like extremely well. 
and just from like like we mentioned at the start of the podcast like netflix is like really big into like these romantic shows and movies and i think that there's like plenty of room to grow for like a movie franchise that already has like probably i don't know tens of millions of people watching i don't want to say hundreds of millions i don't know if that's it's that big but definitely tens of millions of people watching yeah so i guess that do you think is this really going to be the last film in the franchise i think probably but i did see i can't remember when it was i think it was noah centineo um who stars as peter said something on like twitter or in an interview like he would of course do it again if they wanted to like run it back but it seems like that like the promotion everything that i've seen is like hyping it as like the last time in like which is what i would do too if it's like that's what you were going for but like i don't know fans love like any continuation right they want to know that like something is possible so i hope that there is like some teaser at the end that like leaves it a little bit open so like we can all dream of like what we would want it to be right even if it never happens but hopefully it will yeah and it seems like three tends to be like such the perfect mark for like a movie franchise like trilogies seem to be the more popular it's like three is a good number you've got like the origin story the kind of in between like which can vary definitely by like the genre and then like that last one always is like the the last hurrah of like getting the characters past the finish line of wherever the story they started in the you know the first movie as a fan, it's like you always want more, but sometimes it's like, yeah. I feel like it's smart of these studios to be like, no, the, you need to leave well enough alone <laughs> and like take take it, appreciate for what it was, which is a really solid three movies because it can go the other way. Like other franchises have tried to continue on and then they just seem mm -hmm. watered down. Like I'm shocked Fast and Furious is still around. Like how many times can you add like a different formula to a bunch of really, I love the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm like, the we don't disagree very often, but I'm like the polar opposite. Like I'll watch Fast and the Furious movies forever, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, see, it's just the opposite for me. So we'll, we'll see. I'll just take, I'll, I'll take pleasure in like knowing we're going to get a final, like this will be a nice little bow. And this is the end. It's like, yeah, the Avengers Endgame of uh, To All the Boys uh franchise airs on it'll be on netflix on friday february 12th um that's all the time we've got today um we'll catch you guys next week thanks for listening what does innovation sound like it sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer client or patient it sounds like having the right information right when you need it it sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.